Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today is Leviticus 15, 16, Psalms 54, and Luke 10. So Leviticus 15 and 16. Do you know we're already on Leviticus 15 and 16 and we're still talking about how to come into the presence of God? We're still talking about how to prepare sacrifices, how to do sacrifices, how to all the rituals and, and the and the details. Why are we still doing that? You might almost say like, okay, this is over the top. This is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? But that's what's so cool about the way we're reading it. We're doing Old Testament, New Testament, going back and forth and then inserting um, Psalms and then eventually Proverbs. Why are we doing it this way? Because what we're doing in Leviticus is showing the 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 glory of God, the awesomeness, the, um, the magnanimousness of God. Like we can't even fathom the awesomeness of God, the holiness of God, the glory of God. And that's reflected in the old Testament and the repetition in Leviticus talking about the details of how to do something just goes to show the awesomeness, um, of being in the presence of God. So here, everything is very, very meticulous about being in the tent and being in the holy, holy ground where the presence of God is. So that's what's so awesome is when Jesus comes onto the earth, which is God in human form. If we didn't understand, if the people didn't understand the impact of God and they took it kind of carelessly or took it for granted um, and they didn't really understand then when Jesus came, they wouldn't understand that as well, or we wouldn't, it would have just been as careless. But Jesus came, which was God in human form, with the same glory, the same awesomeness, and Jesus being the final sacrifice allows us, it's like the curtains have fallen on the tent. The The, the sacrifice is, is done. Jesus fulfilled that part of it. And that means when we have Jesus in us, that we walk on holy ground. We don't need to be in the tent. We don't need to be doing all these things anymore because Jesus was the final sacrifice. And it's like God's presence is inside of us. Instead of us going to a courtyard and then a tent and doing all these things, his presence is inside of us because Jesus came on earth, died on the cross, and the Holy Spirit was allowed to enter into us. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so chapter 15 goes into cleanliness and uncleanliness about um, bodily discharge and um, even sexual discharge and the woman's menstrual flow. It goes into detail. We don't have to follow these rules like this anymore, but it's very interesting that he would even address them. So first of all, one thing, if there's bodily discharge that isn't sexual discharge or isn't menstrual flow, then more than likely it's something um, telling you that the body is unhealthy, like like a fungal discharge or a yeast infection, then you'll have that bodily discharge. But even the fact that the Bible is addressing it, I just find it so fascinating and so very, very cool. Okay, then chapter 16, we talk about the Day of Atonement. So there is going to be a day and God talks it about it in detail, how it's supposed to be done, but there's going to be a day where the, the priests basically do an atonement for the whole community. So yes, individual sins, which we've been talking about in the previous chapters, but now the day of atonement, 
where all the community's sins will be forgiven because of the sacrifice. So amazing. And it's easy to skip over these chapters because it feels like it's repetitive, but I really encourage you read them line by line because you need to keep you're, you're planting seeds in your soul so that your spirit and your soul can get a better understanding. So you can grow, you can mature. So even though your brain might not comprehend, your spirit and your soul is maturing. All righty. Psalms 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. So he's kind of telling his situation then here's his petition let evil recoil on those who slander me in your faithfulness destroy them that's his petition and then notice how it goes it switches into praise see i will sacrifice a free will offering to you i will praise your name lord for it is good you have delivered me from all my troubles and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes Now, how is it that he felt that so quickly? He probably didn't feel it so quickly. He gave his petition up to God. And then instead of waiting for the outcome, he just started praising him that it is done, that he has delivered him from his troubles and that he is looking on triumph over his foes. That's how we are supposed to pray. Take your petition to God. Go ahead, give him the backstory. Take your petition to God and then turn it around even before you see it. Even before you see it fulfilled, give praises to God that it is finished and it is done. That's how we're supposed to pray. Right there. Boom. Chapter 54. Perfect example. Then moving on to Luke 10. There's a lot to unpack here. So it's always a lot when Jesus is talking. Um, um, He's sending his disciples out. He's basically, you know, it's like um, their internship about how to go into the communities and how to preach the gospel and how to do it. He says, when you enter a town and and are welcome, eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you, near to you. But when you enter a town that you are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town, we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. So their ears were closed, their eyes were closed, and they didn't see um, what was, they weren't listening. They just weren't listening. Okay, so then chapter, or verse 13, it just talks about the judgment of certain bodies of people. You can read that. Because yes, the evil will be judged, and the evil will be punished. So here it says, Capernaum, you will be lifted to heaven. Oh, wait. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Boom. Okay. Um, Whoever listens to you listens to me. Who rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. (laughs) That's good. Okay. The 72 returned with joy and said, so he sent out people. It wasn't just the 12 disciples. It wasn't just the 12 disciples, 72. And they came back and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. 
He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we are today. That this is a message to us today that Satan is going to fall like lightning. And he has given us, God has given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. That means all the evils of the world. But don't be bragging about the spirits that submit to you. But instead, that be grateful that your name is written in heaven. And that Jesus, uh, let's see. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. And remember, we talked about you have to come to God as a little child, which means an open heart, a curious spirit, a willing, forgiving heart, just like the spirit of a child. And he's saying that these people were like that. And um, the ones that are very think that they're wise or overly educated or think that they know everything, their willingness and their heart was closed off. Um, so let's move down. So then we have the parable of the Samaritan. You know the story. There's a, a guy who was beaten up, left on the side of the road, and a priest goes by, totally ignores him, walks on by. Even a Levite walked on by, didn't stop to help him, but a Samaritan, a Samaritan who... Um, was beneath the Israelites, wouldn't have done this, but he did. He helped the, um, the man and he got him cleaned up, took him to an inn, paid his bills. And he said, because it, oh, I know why. Why did this happen? Because somebody asked, somebody said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus asked, well, how do you read it? Oh, no, he asked, what is written in the law and how do you read it? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. Um, and then they said, so then he went on to the, tell the story of the Samaritan because he says, well, who's my neighbor? And then he said, so then Jesus says, of these three, who do you think was the neighbor to the man? that fell into the hands of robbers. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Yep. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. So that is your neighbor. The one you show mercy on, people you see on a day-to-day, -day, people you help, people your heart opens up to. Just don't ignore. Don't be like the priest or the Levite and think that it didn't apply to you. Um, then we move at the end of chapter 10, where it talks about Mary and Martha. Jesus comes to the house of Martha and Martha starts scurrying around, worrying about making sure the food is good. The house is clean. And Mary just sits at Jesus's feet and just listens to his stories. And Martha's like, Jesus, tell her to get up and help. And Jesus says, ah, oh, but I'm not going to be here forever. She's actually doing the why you're worrying about things. And yeah, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Boom! There you go. Such an incredible chapter. Anytime Jesus is speaking, it's worth going back and listening and reading line by line over and over, because it's just full of so much love.
And, and this is our opportunity to really get to know Jesus because he's telling us how to live. He's telling us how to get the kingdom. Um, and we're just experiencing the heart of God. So read that over and over and over. I hope you enjoyed that. That was Leviticus fifteen sixteen, Psalms 54, and Luke 10.